Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together, to worship together, to be your people, to be blessed by you, to be encouraged. And as we begin to explore deeper this book of Jonah, that you open up our hearts and minds to see see things fresh, to see this story of what it means in how we understand you and also how we understand ourselves. Loving Father, we thank you for the love you have for us, for the future you give us, and we also pray that you continue to help us to be part of this future, this future with you and with others. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So today we're looking at chapter 1, and we, you know, the, the story of there of Jonah escaping, and when escaping looks appealing. And so I ask you for a start, have you ever escaped from something? Have you ever run from something? Have you ever put something off and hope it goes away? Right? Have you ever thought, ah, yep, if I just ignore it, it won't happen, right? Have you ever escaped? Well, you may have known this fellow. This fellow's called Harry Houdini. Harry Houdini is one of the, you know, if I think of escape artists, he's one of the, the most well-known escape artists around the world. But he didn't just have this as a profession. He had this as, this was his life. He, was a, he continually wanted to escape from things. He continually was a person in his own relationships with his mum and his wife would escape from things. Right? He was addicted, though, to escaping. He was born Eric Wise. Now, one part of his story says he uses the name Harry Houdini because his teacher of illusion, his teacher of escapism was um, a, a Mr Houdin. And so he picked up this name, Harry Houdini. Another part of his story says he was a bit ashamed of his name. So he wanted to escape that shame. Right? But he... You know, we most know him as this escape artist and he was addicted to it so much so that he would continually do these escaping acts even when he was not well. He would continually do these escaping acts even when it was a, he was very sick. And so he escaped in life and he escaped as a profession um, and he even died, they say, from going through escaping or they didn't escape on a thing. He died in hospital after he asked someone to punch him many times in the stomach and they believe that punch, the official records, is that punch caused him to die. But there was one thing Houdini couldn't escape from, and that is death. He ended up dying. He could not escape from death. And we're going to come back to this about what we can't escape from. Now, in today's reading from Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, we heard the following. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Jonah is the great escapist from the scriptures. Jonah is one that, you know, many of us know the story because we often, we put it in the bucket as the story we learn as kids. And as you come, if you're worshipping with us tonight, as you come through the door, there was a, a mouth above the door and we were walking in. And Jonah is that story, but Jonah, there's a lot in this deep story about what it means for us and who God is for us. 
And that's what we're going to explore through over the next five weeks. But as we do, there's two things to keep in mind. There's two things to keep in mind as you read throughout Jonah is, first of all, what is God up to? What is God doing? Keep looking and reading and thinking about what is God saying? What is God doing? And the second thing is, ask this question. When am I being like Jonah? When am I being like Jonah? Now, a couple of things as we, to get us started um, to help us understand. Whenever you hear this phrase, the word of the Lord came to, it's often a sign, it's an indication that God is speaking to a person, often a prophet for mission, often for his mission to be unfolded. And so the focus, whilst we might look at the person, like in this case, Jonah, we should actually look at what God is doing through that person. You know, one of the earlier accounts of um, the Lord, word of the Lord came to is in Genesis when Abram, you know, the, what, who we now know as Abraham, right? It says the word of the Lord came to Abram, and basically after that, God unfolds His plan through to Abra, Abram, not just for Himself but for the world. And so, whenever you hear this, now it's mentioned 103 times in the NIV Bible. Most of those are in the New Testament. So the focus is that this story is more about what God is up to than Jonah. It's more about what God is up to than any prophet. Whenever you hear this phrase, the word of the Lord came. It's God working through this person. Now, one of the things, if you've been to a, a funeral, that um, a Lutheran funeral in particular that I've been part of, you'll hear this phrase that, let us reflect on and be thankful to God how God has blessed us through this person. And the reason for that is often we can get people focused on the person. You know, we can often think about the person at a funeral, but the reality is we want to be thankful to God for this person. As you came in, um, you should have received something to help us mourn and reflect on Queen Elizabeth II. Queen Elizabeth II, on, on Thursday we have a holiday coming up um, and someone asked me, you know, I was here in this discussion... What idiot decided to have a holiday in Australia on the Thursday? Why shouldn't it, couldn't it be Friday so we can have a long weekend? Well, the Victorians are laughing because they actually have Friday off, right? <laughs> because of the grand final. So they have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so they're a very long weekend. But the reason we have this day off is to actually take, have a day of mourning, not a day of going to the beach and partying, but a day to reflect on the blessings of Queen Elizabeth II. But not just to focus on her, to focus on what God has been doing and has, does, has done for her and to thank God for her life. And so this idea of the word of the Lord came to Jonah, whenever you hear that in the scriptures, think, what is God up to through this person? What is God doing through this person? And that's the same as we read Jonah, the book of Jonah. It's not about Jonah, although Jonah is how God reveals himself to us. The second thing is to get a kind of a concept. Now, there's a bit of debate about where Tarshish is, although most scholars say, um, have agreed and think that Tarshish that's referred to here is in Spain and that Nineveh is where it's located there and Joppa. And, and whilst it doesn't actually say clearly to us where, where Jonah came from, we know that Joppa is the place that he jumps on the ship to go to Tarshish. 
Now, to give you a picture so you get this context of how far he's run away from where God's sending to him to where he wants to go, he hasn't gone to the easiest place, the shortest place. His, Nineveh is only 565 kilometres as the crow flies from where he, from Jobo. But Tarshish is 4,025. Now, there are some scholars that say that, Job, that Tarshish is not in Spain, but in Lebanon. Um, the point of the story is that Jonah is running as far away as possible from where God wants him to go. But keep that in mind, this context, if that this is part of the whole story, that Jonah has decided it's better to go to a further away place thinking he can avoid God. But as we heard in our psalm, God is everywhere. No matter where we go, we can't avoid God. So why escape to this furthest place? Why avoid Nineveh? Well, Nineveh was the home of the Assyrians. Now, most of you know that I'm very happy today because Sydney won, right? But sitting right next to me or very close to us last, yeah, last night at the game was Collingwood supporters. And some would say in the AFL that Collingwood supporters are like the Assyrians. Or if you're New South Welshman, Queenslanders are like the Assyrians. I'd actually have to say it's a lot, they're a lot worse. The Assyrians were considered the most ruthless people you could ever meet. They were, had a focus, there's a history of them having a focus on inventing new ways of torture and war. Some even think they were the inventors of the crucifix as we know it. Think of the most evil people you can think of in your life and the Assyrians are up there with them or worse. For an Israelite, this is not a place to go. This is a place to avoid. This is a place where we're going to go. And yet, what does God do? Go there, Jonah. It was the most evil of all places, especially for Israelite. Now, there are some Christians who act exactly like Jonah. They avoid anyone corrupt, anything evil, and they contain themselves just to themselves. But here God has called Jonah to go to this Ninevite place. Yet Jonah, Nineveh is where God wanted Jonah to go. And why? Well, we see this, the reason in three places within Jonah. First of all, is to preach against his wickedness. But we've got to be careful here. Because again, there are some Christians who think, that's their job in life, is to preach against everyone's wickedness. And that's where they stop. And it's a bit like saying, Dimitri, the, you, are, you are evil on all these accounts. And then saying, you've got no, but then saying nothing else. And then making you look bad amongst the community. But not actually revealing the goodness and the compassion of God. We also see in chapter 3 is to preach the message of the God gives Jonah. And we also see in chapter 3 and chapter 4 the purpose of Jonah's preaching is so people would repent and God would save them. And we actually hear that one of the complaints, which we'll talk about in chapter 4, that Jonah says, the reason I didn't want to go, God, is I know you're a merciful and compassionate God and you're going to forgive these people who don't deserve your forgiveness. 
Think about this as us as Christians, what this may mean for us. I mentioned, I mentioned last week that we are called to be like Jesus, to get involved with people who are not perfect, who don't have it all together, but not so we become like them, but so we can help them know about God's mercy, love and compassion. That's why God was sending Jonah to Nineveh. But Jonah wanted to take the other option. And I was, as I was reading this, I think, I could be Jonah. Right? I could easily say, but God, I can do your work anywhere. I don't have to go amongst these rough, ready, awful people. I could go over to Tarshish with it a lot more pleasant. And it reminded me, when I accepted the call to Sydney, um, I was working both as the pastor of a local church, but also volunteering as a police chaplain. And I said to the police sergeant, one of the police sergeants, I said, oh, I'm going to be leaving in a couple of months because I've accepted this call to Sydney. And he goes, oh, whereabouts? And I said, oh, well, it's in Darlinghurst, which is near King's Cross. And his immediate reaction is, why do you want to go there? What fool would volunteer to go there? I said, why? And he says, it's a terrible place. It's the worst place. And you're going to Sin City. Right? Was this all these comments? And yet when you look at God... That's what he does to us. He calls us not to go and just be with our, the people who we're comfortable with or the people who we get along with, but actually to be amongst people who need his grace and forgiveness, who need to hear this love and compassion, to hear, need to hear there's another way of life. That's God's mission always. And if you think about the story of Jesus, Jesus constantly reminded people he came not for the well, but for the sick. If you think about the story of Jesus, he didn't come to kind of go, oh, look, I'm going to put these people on a pedestal because they're good religious people. He came for sinners to provide forgiveness. This is God's approach. This is the way God undertakes his approach. So I want you to think about, or I invite you to think about this is, so what or who is your Nineveh? What or you, who is your Nineveh? Who or what do you escape from? What have you put off? Who have you put off? When have you avoided or put off God or being involved in God's mission? Because it's not so comfortable. Or it's going to lead into a difficult situation. You're going to lead with, you're going to be amongst difficult people. Who have you avoided having a discussion about God with because you're worried about the consequences in having that discussion with people? Who have you escaped from? Or what have you escaped from? Maybe you've decided it's easy to go to Tarshish. Well, let's look at what, jo- what happened to Jonah when he went to Tarshish. When Jonah chose to go to Tarshish, it cost him. He had to pay money to go. Escaping is not free. It costs you something. It costs us something to escape from God's mission. It costs us some time in a relationship with God. It costs us sometimes being comfortable with God even though it's uncomfortable with other people. The other thing it did was cause himself and some others problems. 
And likewise for us, escapism often leads to problems. You know, I've met a number of people attend AA and they'll talk about the issue that, you know, you talk about how do you get into alcoholism and some of it's about family situation, but a lot of them say they use alcohol, they use alcohol to escape from something. I prepared this sermon with another pastor and we were talking about this and he says, you know, he's had an experience where one of his members used suicide to escape from something. And it's caused other people problems. Often our escapism causes us problems in that it causes us stress or anxiety because we don't want to go there, we don't want to touch that. So it may be alcoholism, it may be suicide, it may be just putting stuff off but we're always worried about, oh, could this arise? And yet, did you notice in the story, even though Jonah was trying to escape, he jumps on the ship. In fact, he tried to escape again by jumping off the ship or being thrown off the ship. Did you notice that God hadn't deserted him? That God was continually at work doing stuff? And here's the other part of the story, that even amongst his mess, even amongst his disobedience, God was still effective in helping people turn to him. Did you notice in that, those ship people who, obviously from the the language that's used, were not following Yahweh, the Lord. They were following other gods. But by the end, they made a vow to the Lord. They committed to the Lord. And so even if you've had a mess in your life that you've walked away from God or you've had problems where you've tried to escape from God, God may even use those situations. And that's one of the the key characteristics of God, that what humans attended for bad, God can use for good. As Joseph said to his brothers, Joseph, remember Joseph was discarded and sold as Um, a slave by his brothers and he ended up in a very high position and in Genesis chapter 50 when he reunites with his brothers and they are a bit petrified of him he actually says what you intended for bad God can use for good now this is not a reason to go and escape from God hoping that God can use you or test you I think that's trying to test him to deliver it but be aware if that ever happens and we I believe at times we all we all spend time trying to escape from God maybe not physically but often in the way we approach things, God can still use those times for good. So, what or who is your Tarshish? Who or what do you escape to? What are the things you use to escape? Um, I'm not a big, you know, I love holidays, but I'm not a big fan of the holiday being the solution to hard work. Quite a number of years ago, it used to frustrate me where a couple of our staff members would go on a holiday, come back, and almost immediately had planned the next very next day, had started planning the next holiday. And one of them, I remember, always said, oh, you know, if I didn't have holidays, I couldn't live. And they, they were using holidays to escape. But what they also discovered was holidays were not the solution to their problems, but they didn't know what to do. You see, escaping never brings true long-lasting peace. It might bring some short-term comfort and short-term satisfaction. It is putting off God and the real things 
he calls us to be involved with. So I encourage you to be honest with yourself and think about what, you, what are my tashish? What do I do? What do I do to escape from things so I avoid being involved in God's mission? So I avoid getting my hands dirty in God's work. But here's the deal. Even if we go to our Tarshish regularly, there are three things we can't escape from. Or maybe four. First of all, we can't escape from death. We will ultimately die, and we can die physically, but we can also die in relationships with God and with others. So even a greater death. We can't escape from God, because God is always present. We may not like how God acts at certain times, you know, and some people in Australia don't like the the God that's displayed in chapter 1 of Jonah where he causes a storm to happen or to, to disrupt people's lives, but that disruption of life actually led people to him. And lastly, we can't escape from ourselves. We can't escape from who we know we are, really. And that's what Jonah's problem was. He kept trying to escape from God, but he could not escape from himself. He could not escape from his desire not to go to the Ninevites or not to be part of God's mission that showed grace and mercy to others. He didn't like that. And so the solution, when we think about it, is if we can't escape from ourselves in a few moments, and I moved the confession absolution to after the sermon rather than before for this very reason, is for us to think about um, our, our sins you know, and allow God to deal with our inadequacy, to allow God to deal with our failures. So what does all this mean for us as we live the faith? What does this mean for us as we be part of the community? What is, what is God saying to us through Jonah? Well, here's a couple of things to think about. First of all, adopt listening and following God no matter where it leads. Avoid escapism and excuses. We can easily come up with reasons why not. Or maybe you've got a better plan to God. Well, pray about that to see if it is a better plan. Secondly is don't avoid God calling us to the darkness and difficulties in our lives. Maybe you have some unresolved sin at the moment that you haven't dealt with, that you have struggled with, that you kind of try to hide from others, that means you escape from certain situations or dealing with certain people. Remember, God is with you. Psalm 23, you know, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the Lord promises to be with you during those dark times. Be a person when we come to worship to spend time in confession, to to lay those before God and say, God, I need your forgiveness. This is who I truly am and I need your help. The third aspect in living the faith is remember God's goal is to deal with our and others' shortcomings through salvation. So the point is not to highlight to Dimitri how bad he is, or to you how bad you are, but to actually lead you to salvation, to lead you to trust in Jesus on the cross 
that what Jesus done on the cross is enough for your sins to be forgiven, is enough for my sins to be forgiven. You see, the aim of God is always to show mercy and compassion. But sometimes, for, for some people, there's a rough patch to get to that. The sailors would not have got to that point of making a vow to God and praying to God if everything was calm and they got to Joppa. And lastly, this is the challenge I want to give to you for the week. What difficult people or situations is God calling you to be involved with so God can save them? You may be mixing with people which you avoid the God discussions with. What might God be calling you to do in those situations? You may be avoiding certain people. You may be unwilling to show, be like Jonah, unwilling to show compassion and God's grace to certain people. The beauty is, whilst God is calling you to be involved with that, it's God actually at work through you when you bring God's love and mercy and grace to people. Because, as we know, God wants all people to be saved. He wants all people to come to salvation. And he's called you just like he's called Jonah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift of salvation you give us. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us and open up our hearts and minds to be challenged by this book, to be challenged by Jonah 1 and to be aware of the challenges you place before us. And sometimes your calling to us is not to go to the safe places, but to go to some challenging, difficult places, to be amongst challenging and difficult people. Loving Father, we we pray that you help us. Help us to be your church, a church that lives out your mission, that listens to you, that is encouraged by you to be at work for you. And Lord, when we mess up, when we have problems in our own lives, may we deal with those shortcomings, not by escaping, but by coming to you and placing them at your cross. Gracious Lord, we thank you. You are the God of mercy and forgiveness. Help us to be people who receive that forgiveness regularly, but also share that forgiveness freely with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.